Ranking away again with lots of Beatles songs. Looking for a place to rank the next song. Some people claim that there's a podcast to blame, but I know <laughs> it's my own damn podcast. <laughs> I'm glad that one got you. Nice. We're back, baby! <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> Hey, everyone. Did I, did I catch you off guard there? Are, we are off the rails we already. We are back. <laughs> y'all, we are back. It has been too long. We have missed you all like the deserts miss the rain. Mm. Welcome back to Ranking the Beatles, my friends. Hope you're all doing splendid. I am Jonathan over here to my left. As beautiful as the... As, as what? Uh, I believe as that what, one. bitch? <laughs> Oh man, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say more beautiful than the last episode we did because you just get better with age, like a fine wine. Okay, I love you. I love you too. Thanks. Uh, over here is Julia. Welcome back, <laughs> my dear. How are you? I'm pretty good. There's, oh, it's been a while, friends. Thank you all for your patience. Hope you all yes. had a lovely holiday break at the end of last year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, things are hard here because we go from like the holidays yeah through new year's and then it's january 6th starts carnival for us yeah so we're like right into carnival right so we don't really busy, have man. that like post-holiday get back to your real life stuff yeah we've been busy we it's, stuff. it's a lot going on yeah but um thankfully we've our schedule has opened up a little bit uh we plan to return around this time so we are back in action my friends uh Lots going on, man. We've been working on all kinds of stuff here. We got a bunch of good episodes coming up this season. A lot of new friends, a lot of old friends. It's going to be a whole lot of fun, and we're glad to be back. I'm excited. There's so much to do. So many songs to rank, so little time. There truly is so much to do. Yeah. I'm exhausted just thinking just about thinking it. About it. <laughs> just thinking about it. Just thinking about it. But, uh, before we get into today's show, quick disclaimer, as evidence of how busy we have been and how crazy things have been, I don't have my microphone today, so I'm using a handheld microphone, so it I may sound a little different. You may hear me occasionally moving this microphone and readjusting <laughs> it in my like hand. It's a like thunder. <laughs> it's like thunder and lightning. Oh. Uh, so I apologize. It won't be that constant. <laughs> I was just being obnoxious <laughs> about it. Um, I apologize in advance. It will be back for the next episode. We had two gigs this past weekend during Mardi Gras, and all of my gear, including microphone stands, are at the place where we had our last gig. Uh, I have to go back and get it. So, yeah, my bad. Today's technically not our best. It's fine. But we're doing okay. We're giving it the old college try, because that's what we do here at Ranking the Beatles, and we are excited for this new season. So, I think let's start talking about it, y'all. Our guest this week, really excited about it. She's a singer and songwriter from Atlanta, Georgia, by way of New Orleans. She's been active since the early 2000s, putting out records on her own and as a member of various groups. From 2004 to 2007, she was the bassist for Cowboy Mouth, a band that I played in uh, starting in 2007, shortly after she left. But that's when our paths first crossed. And since then, we've been part of this weird little fraternity of people who have left that band. Uh, She has a new album out called Better Days, which I was fortunate enough to play guitar and sing on with a handful of other former members of Cowboy Mouth, including previous guest Paul Sanchez and uh, my walrus bandmate Andre Bowren. Um, And uh, it was one of the most fun and rewarding uh, recording experiences that any of us have had in, in a long, long time. We loved it. And the proof of that really comes across uh, on the record. It's a fun, really comfortable, happy album. I suggest you all go check it out now. So, friends, without further ado, please welcome to the show, Sonia Tetlow. Sonia, welcome to Ranking the Beatles. How are you today? I'm great. How are you doing, JP? I'm good. It's so good to see you. Happy Mardi Gras, the day after Mardi Gras. Happy Ash Wednesday, I guess. I know. 
Happy day. I, know. I don't know if you're so, I don't know if you're supposed to say ash happy ash Wednesday because there's ashes involved. <laughs> Is it a bad thing? I don't know. The... It seems like a contradiction. Right. I don't know the churchness happy, of the whole thing. Happy end of fun for 40 days. <laughs> right. Well, if you are giving up something for Lent, then yes, your fun time is over. Yes. Yeah. But uh, I'm not doing that. I'm not either. Yeah. <laughs> are you giving up anything for Lent? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> no. Well. No. But you know, I I know what day it is, so I can. Right. That's. <laughs> but yeah. Do Those you, days are past for me. <laughs> do you miss Mardi Gras? Because you're like, I know you're not here all the time for Mardi Gras. Do you yes. miss it when you're not here? Yes, I do. I yeah. have my Mardi Gras flag out front. Um. Yeah. I mean, what can you say? It's just weird because, like, the whole rest of the world goes on as if it's not Mardi Gras. Right. And I used to, um, <laughs> like, early on, I would dress up anyway and just go out because I was like, you know, people can have fun everywhere. Yeah. But I got to tell you that it 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 never worked, and it was always so demoralizing to me that I just gave it up. I was like, you know, if you see somebody in, like, a purple tutu and – Feather boa and all that, saying happy Mardi Gras and throwing beads at you in a bar. Can't you just play along? Right. No. <laughs> no. Not everybody was able to play along. Not everyone no gets fun. It, yeah. it turns no out fun. like the, the rest of the country is a lot less fun than we are. Yeah. We're, we're it can pretty be. fun here. And like if that happened on just like a random like not Mardi Gras, we'd be like, Oh hell yeah, whatever, let's do it. <laughs> like let's right. have faux Mardi Gras. What are we, three months out? That's great. Happy quarter Mardi Gras. Like it's time to out. celebrate something. Yeah, we would figure out yeah. something to celebrate. We yeah. dream it up. But it seems like everywhere else they're just like, What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you wearing that? Are you gonna drink that much? <laughs> that's not that's a lot of drinking. <laughs> But uh, I know. It, it is good to see yeah. you. Um, I have missed you since we last hung out uh, and played music. And I know I am biased because I did play on the record with you. Um, but as we mentioned to our listeners before the show, you have this great new record out, Better Days. Congratulations on a fantastic record. The guitar playing Thank is you excellent, so much. if I may say so. It, it is excellent. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All of, all of the musicianship is excellent in the production. And I... Couldn't feel more grateful to have had the opportunity to uh, record with you and everyone and have Paul produce and Ben engineering again. It just was such a great experience. Can you tell me a bit about how those songs came about? I know we've, I don't know that we ever talked like in depth about kind of the journey of of that batch of songs. Yeah, it's, you know, this was a different record for me in that, um, A, it had been five years since I had recorded a record, which is the longest I'd ever gone Mm -hmm. since I started recording 30 years ago. I usually, I don't know, I just wrote more, but um, I'd been mostly because of the pandemic, just feeling kind of stuck. And, um, And so, but when I went to Jazz Fest last year and then got COVID right afterwards, for some some reason, that combination of Jazz Fest and COVID where I couldn't really do anything um, except for lie around, it just led to this burst of writing. And so, and and the first song just seemed so silly. It was that song, Kick the COVID, Mm -hmm. that it made me laugh and it made me think, you know what, maybe, maybe I could venture out again. And, and so, um... You know, I reached out to Paul and Mary to just sort of, you know, gauge what they thought. And they both felt ready to and jumped on board. And then Paul reached out to you and Andre and Glenn. And and it all just really fell together pretty quickly. And so, um, so I would say like half of the songs came from COVID related experience of just like the navigation of it all. And it's not just COVID. I mean, it was like, you know, having years of just um, just a lot of heaviness, it felt like, and, and yeah. isolation, and, and not just from the pandemic, but just from the state of the world and our inability to get along as human beings, right. yeah. <laughs> which really really gets me down, man. It right. gets me down. <laughs> it's a bummer. <laughs> it really can be. Yeah. I'm sort of a hippie chick at heart, and it just puts a damper on my optimism. So. Um, so like half the record was that, and then half the record was songs that were a little bit older that had never fit on other records that I had done. And um, which ones were the older and, ones? Um, like been trying to tell you sure. was older, and then and come what May was older too. Mm-hmm. And um, lost heart is older. 
Sorry for the silence. I know it's a podcast. (laughs) You can see me looking up and trying to remember. The power of editing. I think think those are the ones. And so, but they just, it felt like they, it felt like they worked with the other songs because I wanted it to be a record that was, um, not uplifting because that sounds corny, but just lighter. You know what I mean? Like, and not light in a superficial way, but light in a way where it's sort of, you can, you can have, you know, you can have fun and laugh at things like been trying to tell you kick the COVID. You can um, celebrate things like come what may, and and so they felt like part of that, and it just felt like it all worked together to have um, to have that group of songs, and and it felt like a record to me, which was weird because it was a mix of of you know some older songs with the newer songs. Yeah. But I don't know. I think it worked out, and then you know, and then doing Paul's song, which I. Mm-hmm. I've never covered it. I never covered a song on an album before, but that song that he had written, I mean, he wrote it, I can't remember how many years back now because of like, I, I have to just might subtract three from anything when I try to think right. about time. <laughs> I was like, how many years ago was that? Okay, and then add three other years to it and then be that many. But, you know, he wrote that song when he was going through a hard time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, this past year where, I don't know. It just felt so heavy. I just was singing that song to myself a lot and um, and playing it on mandolin. And so it was like this little mantra of like, okay, yeah, so it's like this, but you can still choose to to be the light every day. And so I asked him if I could cover that too. It's the first time I've covered a song on a record of yeah. somebody else's. And um, and I'm so thrilled with how that came out because it's so radically different. For than, sure. The version on his record where it's just a low acoustic and, you know, but Mary's idea with the bass line and the band and the bigness of it. It mm-hmm. was just really fun yeah. how it how it came Agreed. came together. It's such a it's such a fun album and it's so diverse in the style of songs and you know, the way I, I thought it was really cool, kind of the way that we just let any idea get a shot, you know, and just try yes. anything out that we wanted to. Um, and just see if it worked. And if not, we'll try something different. Um, which, you know, for a record that was, for all intents and purposes, recorded over like four days. It was. <laughs> remarkably efficient, you know, to do, to do that much stuff and be that open to just trying whatever uh, and just kind of landing on the right thing every time was, you know, a real stroke of, of, of brilliance and, and luck and, uh, well, and goodness. I, so. I, I think it's a testament to to you and everyone and that it, A, there were so many good ideas, but I thought it was really beautiful that I don't think anybody ever said no or no, mm-hmm. that's not a good idea or anything when somebody had an idea. It was, it, it was just like you said, like, okay, yeah, let's try that and let's just see what happens, you know? Yeah. And I think some really magical things happened and, and some things, you know, led to other things. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, I like, um, I, you know, music is a live art form to me. And even though we were making a record, it felt very live because it was happening in the moment. We had never rehearsed. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had never played together as that band, even though we'd all played together in some capacity along the way, you know. Mm-hmm. So it just, it very what it very much was like live and in the moment, we're making music together and we just happened to record it. And yeah. so I like that. And also, you know, because, I mean, you know, you've been doing this a long time, too. We make records, we make art, we do this because it's our passion, it's our joy. Um, but I don't ever make any money from the records, you right. know. So, <laughs> to me, it's important that at the end of it, I'm happy with the record. And I ha- I'm happy with the memory of making the record. For sure. Because even if it's a great sounding record and I had a shitty time doing it, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm never going to listen to it again. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was happy on all fronts this time. It was really, really joyous. Wonderful. 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 I don't think it's luck. You said it's luck. I shouldn't say it's I, not luck. It's not luck. It, it's that when you put people in a room together, kind of on the same wavelength, you get that kind of lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have said that versus luck. Luck was just a one word, a one well, syllable also, word. Also, like everyone <laughs> that in that worked. room is very talented, right? So you know, but you can also put five talented people in a room and, and not have a good time. Yeah, that's fair. I think yeah. it just everybody was on the same page, you know, pulling in the same direction, you know, with the same level of openness, um, and I think that's what helps make a good record you know it's a really lovely moment yeah yeah you know and you know for me kind of you know being open to 
trying whatever idea comes to the fore is, you know, something that I kind of feel like I picked up from like this period of Beatles that we're talking about today, like that real fearlessness and openness to kind of trying whatever and just seeing, you know, how does it work? Like, how does it sound? Yeah. How does it make you feel? Um, you know, that's always been something that I feel like I've taken from them. You know, for you, you know, do you remember like the first time that you heard the Beatles or how you discovered them or kind of what your origin story is with the Beatles? Well, the first time I heard it was when my sister, my older sister, Tanya, was playing their records because she had their records. Mm -hmm. um, with, in our house, our parents were very, uh, they loved music. They sang in symphony chorus. But like my mom really loved opera, still loves opera. <laughs> and my father loved Bach. And so there was this, there was always competing cacophonies in our house, but none of them were contemporary music. Um, and I had a radio, but I didn't have a record player and Tanya had a record player. And so when she um, started buying Beatles records, which I think she did because our son, our cousin Susan was an uber, uber still is Beatles fan. We mm -hmm. love, you know, like obsessive, especially with Paul. And, um, and so I think that's how Tanya, you know, discovered them. But that's the first time that I heard the Beatles. And then um, I remember watching a, a documentary on PBS about the Beatles, which I, I like history and I like um, just learning about it. And so I think I was probably like 12 or 13 or something. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, because it, it wasn't just the record, but it's kind of the story and seeing the evolution of it. Yeah. I really liked that. Yeah. So that was sort of the, my introduction if you will. Do you remember like the first song you, that like, you recognized by them or that like the first one you heard, do you have that kind of like epiphany moment of like, that's the Beatles. Oh, wow. No. Cause I think that they were so, they were already so ubiquitous in a way mm -hmm. that, um, I don't have this, I don't have this like recollection other than her playing the records. I can't say this was the first time that I, or this was the first song that I heard it's because it's they're so familiar now yeah it's almost like they always were and always have been mm -hmm. in a weird way and so I can't I can't designate this is the origin sure. or this is the starting point or maybe I just have a really bad memory <laughs> <laughs> what else would what were the other kind of musical touchstones for you coming up like what was really like your bread and well, butter I mean, because I had a radio, it was, it was um, B97 FM. That was my. Yes. <laughs> That's what I had, you know, nice. um, for a really long time. That's what I had to listen to. So, you know, it's, I think that's probably why I have such an eclectic mix, uh, you know, taste in music. I really like so much stuff. I like, I love, you know, pop music. Mm -hmm. I love hearing the Pointer Sisters and, you know, yeah. everything that was on. The radio at the time but then you know when grunge came along especially because i was a angsty young woman i really liked you know <laughs> i really liked all the yelling and, and everything and and yeah so then i went that direction because i'd started playing by that point so i went that direction and had a little punk rock trio which was you know super fun it's a little odd now and People discover it and they're like, huh. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I was young. I was a lot younger. And yes, I was angsty. I had some things to work out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't promise I won't again. Right. You know, but um, so you did the the classic our generation move from B97 to 1061. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The Zephyr. But yeah. then, you know, I mean, once I could buy my own cassette tapes and everything, I mean, I think I went through a period of, um, well, I'll tell you this because it's, it's sort of a funny story. When I first discovered Led Zeppelin, which wasn't until like later in high school, because it freshman year I went to Dominican. Freshman year they showed us this this video called "Rock Music and the Devil." Yeah. And so <laughs> essentially, it was like all of the bands that you know that like it was like Kiss and ACDC and Led Zeppelin and all of these bands that had been super famous, and it would like link them to show how they were actually evil and related to the devil and if you play things backwards like queen if you played it backwards it told you to start smoking marijuana and all this stuff and so for years because i really was uh, i was um quite the good catholic you know school girl and very nerdy and all of that i i believed it so like i didn't want to go anywhere near those bands and so it wasn't until like probably junior year of high school 
when, you know, start rebelling a little bit, that I first heard Led Zeppelin and Stairway to Heaven, and I thought it was just the most amazing song. I made my mother listen to it, because I was like, I think you'll like this one, because it's kind of like opera. It has these different parts to it. <laughs> and um, she, she didn't like it. She didn't see that at all, but, um, but you, I thought it was great. Did you ever play her like so. Bohemian Rhapsody? I mean, that's very much operatic right there. You know, I should have. She might have liked that better. Yeah. It, that was a little more melodic in a way, in the harmonies and everything. But no, that was my one attempt to, to sway her, and she was not swayed. So um. <laughs> I love that. Did you ever have one of those moments of playing Beatle records backwards once you knew about all that? No, I was, you know, even yeah. once I tried to listen to it, I'm not, I'm not gonna mess with that. It's like, I'm not gonna do a Ouija board. Right. I mean, you know, just cause I'm not practicing for Lent doesn't mean that I'm gonna, you know, tempt anything that's out there. Right, it's probably not real, to... but I don't want to find out. Shit's creepy you know? anyways. <laughs> I'm just saying you open a door, it's like, you know, with vampires, they can only come in if you invite them. I don't want to invite anything. Yep, I'm good. So, I can, good. I but can I did, it. but when I was playing around when I first bought an M-Box, which was like an old interface back mm -hmm. in the early aughts, oh, yeah. and was playing around with stuff, I would take my own, you know, guitar parts and everything and flip them around and play stuff backwards and forwards oh, and stuff. Which is definitely, I think, that's a, a Beatle influence because you think about, you know, like Strawberry Fields and sort of the, and and that PBS special that I saw where I, I knew that they had taken the tapes and like, you know, done all this stuff and then mm -hmm. put them back together and then played them to see what they sounded like. And so that idea of like being able to play around with stuff. And so in that context, I was not afraid of playing things backwards. Yeah, <laughs> it's so fun doing that. I love doing that. Um, <laughs> as, as far as, you know, songwriting you know where do the Beatles or McCartney specifically because we're going to talk about him today a little bit where do they kind of sit for you in the uh, in the pantheon well I will tell you even though we're going to talk about Paul I was you know John has always had a very special place in my heart mm -hmm. in part in part because of his activism because I am a hippie at heart really um, and I think I mean I think as a songwriter I really like, I immediately gravitated towards um, songs that they had that had it sort of, I mean, it's going to sound hokey, but this is how I am, like a depth to them or, an, you know, like I love Let It Be, I love Revolution, I love, you know, I love so many of the songs where it was, it was like you had the music and you had the lyrics all working together into something that just transcended. And mm -hmm. so, um, so I tend to focus on their later their later work sure. um, in different ways, you know, but then I think the older I've gotten and the less that, I don't know, I'm trying not to think so much about things sure. <laughs> <laughs> that I can really enjoy, you know, whatever. And the fun and the musicality of things. Like mm -hmm. I was listening to um, the song before this, just to remind myself and I was listening on headphones and some of the background vocals that they do, are just so they're so cool and goofy and and all of that makes it great you know and i think that's the whole thing about like being open to things and like not having a preconceived notion about something has to mean something or you know mm -hmm. it can just it can just make you want to dance you know like back to b97 fm like you know yeah it's music yeah so we, we were taping another episode about a different song a couple of days ago, a really particularly lightweight song that I have ranked at like <clears throat> 121 or something like that. Um, knowing full well, I'm going to get, you know, a lot of crap for it by like hardcore Beatle fans. <laughs> um, yeah. But sometimes there's just something great about something that doesn't necessarily mean the world to somebody. Like mm -hmm. it's nice to just have a song that exists for, fun or just to like have a moment of you know lightness you know like that's such a rare thing sometimes because people try to make songs you know super serious heady and art. super serious and yeah. be artists mm -hmm. you know it's nice to kind of have just a moment of fun you know yeah and if you think about it i mean those guys were so young when they yeah. were doing all that i mean particularly in the beginning they mm -hmm. were just they were like a group of 
young young men having fun and playing music and making stuff up, making up a whole genre that didn't exist. You know, it was like them and the Beach Boys going back and forth trying to one up each other. You yeah. know, with the the records sometimes, but um, that it's supposed to be fun. I mean. Yeah. And I think sometimes like for me, I can get bogged down in the writing and I can, I can like censor myself before I can even let myself do anything when it's like, you know what, the, I play music because it brings me such joy. And so, um, I think as I've gotten older, it's like to allow myself to like, let that part be part of it. Like, you know, like, you know, like if you were to listen to, um, a record from the, the, the punk rock trio, which was called Spit, to give you an idea of nice. um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. where we were at, you know, and it's like, rah, you know, and then versus the record that we just did. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's, you know, and I'm, I'm proud of that because I think it shows a, a journey as a human being to, to just, to, you know, to be more open and to be silly and sometimes serious, but it's all part of it. It's like, that's how we get through our days is we have this whole spectrum of emotions and, and whatever and so maybe there's a place for all of it and yeah there's I feel like I'm rambling a little bit no no, no 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 <laughs> there's definitely a place for all of it I mean yeah I think we've talked many times about how good like especially Paul McCartney is about capturing like the human experience the range of emotions mm-hmm. from the silly to the serious to the you know sad to the joyful you know just he's sort of like you know What's um, what's the song you hate? <laughs> Where he's got the puppy dog face. Oh what's, god, the long and winding yes, road. Yes, like he could go. Which from, Paul Sanchez <laughs> berates me about on a monthly basis. <laughs> he can go from the long and winding road to all together now. All together now, <laughs> no, like, like you know, yeah. complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, but it's they're both from the same person because he's a human. And he has all of these emotions yeah. and like, it's, yeah, we are, we are many things. We are complicated creatures. Well, even like, <laughs> turns out even yeah. the song today is, you know, literally about like taking time to take a little moment of self care and self reflection and just shut your mind off and do a menial task around the house just to kind of like listen to yourself for a second, you know, which is a pretty odd topic for a song. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And also for a, 22 year old how old is he at this point 25 yeah 26 yeah. i was not thinking about mm, let me take a moment and fix this thing around i need the home a little and, me time and, yeah and reflect <laughs> and do a little self-care like right. no that was not that was not what was happening right well with that in mind let's jump into it and let's talk about this week's song y'all coming in this week at number 125 is fixing a hole I'm fixing a hole where the rain gets in and stops my mind from wandering where it will go. I'm filling the cracks that ran through the door and kept my mind from While it sometimes gets said that this song is an ode to heroin use because of the, fi- the euphemism of fixing a hole, like a hole in the arm, oh, which is silly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and despite the fact that none of the Beatles, especially Paul, were doing heroin in 1967, uh, fixing a hole, as Paul himself has explained, is actually another song uh, that's somewhat of an ode to pot. Much like Got to Get You Into My Life, Paul loved his weed. And as he explains to his biographer, Barry Miles, it's about the freedom he found in marijuana to break out of the rut of everyday consciousness and have the freedom to explore and experiment. The inspiration, as Paul explains, is, quote, wanting to be free enough to let my mind wander, to let myself be artistic, to let myself not, sme- to let myself not sneer at avant-garde things. 
It was the idea of me being on my own now, able to do what I want. If I want, I'll paint the room in a colorful way. I'm fixing the hole. I'm fixing the crack in the door. I won't allow that to happen anymore. I'll take hold of my life a bit more. It's all okay. I can do what I want, and I'm going to set about fixing things. Paul goes on to explain in his book, The Lyrics, that LSD also plays a part in this, saying that after taking the drug for the first time in 1966, quote, Around that time, when I closed my eyes, instead of there being blackness, there was a big blue hole. It was as if something needed patching. I always had the feeling that if I could go up to it and look through it, there would be an answer. And the fact is, the most important influence here was not even the metaphysical idea of the whole, which I mentioned early, uh, earlier, or which Paul mentioned earlier, I should say, uh, but this absolutely physical phenomenon, something that first appeared after I took acid. I still see it occasionally, and I know exactly what it is. I know exactly what size it is. So he took acid in 1966 and saw this hole, and now is still like, I still see that hole. I know everything about that hole. That's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. I've never done acid, by the way. <laughs> uh, I should say that, I guess. Um, now, another interesting note on the writing of this song. In his diary entry for January 27th, 1967, Beatles roadie, confidant, and assistant Ma Evans writes... Started writing song with Paul upstairs in his room, he on piano. Did a lot more of When the Rain Comes In, quote. Uh, in an interview in 1976, Mal goes on to say that he lived with Paul for, se- for several months, and quote, he had a music room at the top of his house with his multicolored piano, and we were up there a lot of the time. We wrote Sgt. Pepper and also another song on the album, Fixing a Hole. When the album came out, I remember it very clearly. We were driving somewhere late at night. Paul turned around to me and said, look, Mal, Do you mind if we don't put your name on the songs? You'll get your royalties and all that because Lennon and McCartney are the biggest thing in our lives. Uh, We are really a hot item, and we don't want to make it Lennon, McCartney, Evans. So would you mind? I didn't mind because I was so in love with the group that it didn't matter to me. I myself knew what had happened. So Mal is claiming co-authorship of two songs here. Very interesting. Uh, Looking forward to reading about that in the book that comes out this year. Um, So, on February 9th, the Beatles and George Martin traveled to Regent Sound Studio in London, as Abbey Road Studio 2 was unavailable. Uh, They spent several hours rehearsing the song, with its trademark harpsichord as the main instrument from the beginning. Uh, Studio notes are rather confusing as to who did what, listing both Paul and George Martin as playing the harpsichord, John as playing bass, George on maracas. Uh, But the 2017 Sgt. Pepper box set clarifies that Paul is indeed the one playing harpsichord, while also recording his vocal at the same time, something the band hadn't done in several years since overdubbing became the norm. So after rehearsing, the band only needed one take to capture a backing track. They returned to the song on February 21st and made an attempt at another uh, version of the backing track, but quickly decided that what they had was fine. So from there, George Harrison adds lead guitar, George Martin apparently adds some additional harpsichord, and Paul, George, and John all perform various vocal overdubs. The song was, of course, released on Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band in June of 67 and never performed live by the band. However, Paul did feature it on his 1993 solo tour and then again as a solo piano song on his 2005 U.S. tour. Now, one interesting bit about the recording of the song also. Now, around this time, there were often throngs of fans hanging outside of Paul's house. Paul lived like two blocks around the corner from Abbey Road. Uh, So on the day they recorded Fixing a Hole, a man outside the house rang the bell and Paul answers the door, uh, asking the man who he was. The man who Paul describes as, quote, a casualty, someone who was maybe insecure or going through an emotional breakdown, replies to Paul that he is Jesus Christ. In his book, Many Years From Now, Paul recalls, quote, this guy says, I'm Jesus Christ. I said, ooh, slightly shocked. I said, well, you'd better come in then. I thought, I thought... Well, it pro- I thought, well, it probably isn't, but if he is, I'm not going to be the one to turn him away. So I gave him a cup of tea, and we just chatted. So I said, I've got to go to a session, but if you promise to be very quiet and just sit in the corner, you can come. So he did. He came to the session, and he did sit very quietly, and I never saw him after that. I introduced him to the guys, and they said, who's this? I said, he's Jesus Christ. We had a bit of a giggle over that. <laughs> I love how he tells these stories so, like, matter-of-factly. Yeah. Like, it's bizarre. No big deal. So, why do I have Fixing a Hole at 125? So, I love reading Paul's description about what the song is about, because I think it's one of those times where he's not bullshitting about what he's actually writing about. A lot of times, he just kind of makes up some kind of roundabout story. But I think this is actually an interesting track, because it's got some really different things going on here. 
Now, first off, I think he actually is taking this time to internalize a little bit and do that kind of self-check-in, which is pretty self-aware for a 25-year-old. Um, I think having a harpsichord as the main instrument on a pop song is pretty unorthodox. So even for, you know, right from the start, we're off to an inter- we're off to an interesting and unusual start. Uh, and it's kind of got this mysterious chord progression at the beginning, which makes you wonder, like, where is the song going to go? Um, I think any notion about it being an especially drug forward song is kind of ruled out by how bouncy and light the song kind of feels. Uh, the whole idea of doing something while your mind is wandering seems to really fit uh, well because the melody is kind of all over the place, almost like something you would just randomly whistle off the top of your head. And each each part of the song kind of takes a while to get back to the beginning of it. Like the, the melody literally wanders off at the end of the phrase. Where it will go, it just kind of goes mm-hmm. off to somewhere new. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the song just kind of keeps you guessing and on a bit of a journey. Now, vocally, you know, Paul's in great form throughout. He does an interesting thing in the bridge uh, where he goes to this kind of high F sharp and delivers the whole lyric on basically one note, which is really more of a John trick. John is the one that does that a lot. He tends to put a whole lyric over just one note and Paul's vocal and Paul's melodies go all over the place. Um, so I almost wonder if this is maybe a John suggestion uh, because Paul, like I said, likes to move his melody around and here he just, you know, stays on this one note, but it just sounds fantastic. Um, I love George's guitar tone throughout the whole record mm-hmm. itself has just great guitar tone. Um, nice, solid supporting track from Ringo. Uh, I'm not confident in the idea of John playing bass because this is a much more solid bass track than we'd expect from John, who, if you listen to what he does on, like John plays bass on the long and winding road and it's very, very sloppy, a lot of wrong notes. And he's just, you know, not the best bass player, uh, but whoever it is, John or Paul, they keep it bouncing and fun. Overall, I think I kind of tend to sleep on this song a little bit, but you know, when it does creep up on me when I put on Sgt. Pepper, I always really enjoy it, uh, and it brings a really nice vibe to the album. But overall, a really good song. I'm a big fan. Uh, Sonia, I throw the ball to you. What do you think about Fixing a Hole? Well, I like the fact that um have a couple different but just like overall i like the fact that it seems the lyrics seem very straightforward and not straightforward all at the same time and i I really like that in lyrics because i feel like if you can do that where it's um it makes sense everybody can understand the words it's just you know it's simple ideas but then the more you listen to it it's like well maybe it's not so simple like wait a second there's there's this depth to it that i really like Mm -hmm. um like i you know even when he's talking about you know it doesn't really matter if I'm wrong, I'm right. You know what I mean? Like, what does yeah. that mean? But then at the same time, it's sort of brilliant. It's like, uh, you know, what what's to say? Yeah. But I also, you know, just as a person, I like I like the um, imagery of trying to fix something that's, you know, it's whether it's an actual hole or just something that feels like a hole that you're trying to just tend to it so that you can, so that your mind can want, you know, Maybe you can wander or stop from wandering, but maybe, you know, whatever you're doing, you're, you're, um, you know, but I just, I like that. I like that he's, he's being sort of straightforward and abstract at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, that's, um, something that's not really very easy to do. Um, but you know, it just seems pretty natural, but then I also like that the instrumentation, instrumentation of it is so different and whether it's John playing bass or not, it strikes me that it really, it feels almost like a sousaphone part versus Mm. a bass part, the way that it bounces around. It's like, you could hear it being, you know, um, the brass instead of the bass, but the, and I like that you have that bouncing at the same time that sometimes the background vocals come in and they bounce, but then the, the, um, it's like it all, there's always motion going on, even if something like one thing's like the melody can hold, but then something else is going on so that it keeps, it keeps moving with yeah. that sort of lighthearted bounce. And even though the lyrics seem to imply that there's, you know, something heavy going on that needs to be fixed and sorted out. There's this lightness to the song where you get the sense that, well, that's okay. It's all going to be all right mm-hmm. in the end. Yeah. I, one of the things, you know, and you mentioned the lyric, uh, that it really doesn't matter if I'm wrong, I'm right. I've listened to this song probably, you know, 500 times in my life. And I never actually, even though the lyrics are on the album cover, I never like sat and read it. And the way it's written out is it really doesn't matter if I'm wrong, I'm right where I belong, comma, I'm right where I belong. 
And I was like, wait, yeah. he's breaking up the thought with the cadence. So it, it really doesn't matter if I'm wrong. I'm right where I belong, comma, where yeah. I belong. I was like, wow, he just – all like so the second part of it, the last where I belong is just a repetition. But it was like I, I never like put the whole thought, I guess, together as one full sentence. And I was like, I really love that lyric. Like that's really cool. And I always just kind of broke it up in my own head and never put two and put the two pieces together. So that kind of blew my me, mind a little me bit. Me too. But then it kind of maybe that speaks to why in the end you feel like it's going to be okay because yeah. somehow it gets through that he's right where he belongs, you yeah. know. Right. Yeah. And if you're singing along, you're right where you belong too. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I love it though. Fantastic. What mm-hmm. are you thinking, Julia? You know, it's really funny. All three of us picked up on that same lyric. Like, I literally wrote it down on my notes. Like, I love that wordplay where the written, it's one thing, but sung, it's something else. Yeah. Like, when you when when you read it, it's one thing, but then when he sings it, it's like, a, it's like sort of a different meaning. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, oh, it's so brilliant. Like, why is he so good at this? <laughs> why is he Paul McCartney? Yeah. Why is he like Paul McCartney? Why is he like so good at this? <laughs> what a monster. <laughs> no, not a monster. I'm just kidding. Um, it's like, it's such a good wordplay. Like the, yeah, it's brilliant. It's yeah. very good. I like this song. I think it's really chill. And I think the vibe of it goes with the sort of like our interpretation of it Mm -hmm. like it just it all very much matches and like you said it's sort of like wandery a little Mm -hmm. here and there which really tracks with like when you're sort of doing something to maybe process what's going on in the background something else or you know take your mind off something I really like it um this this isn't like his little story about inviting the guy inviting Jesus Christ Christ in (laughs) This is like not the first time that this has happened, right? Wasn't it? Well, I guess this was before Get Back, but didn't they also do this in Get Back? Wasn't there a guy that like showed up? Was that in Get Back or was that something else? Uh, no, that I don't think there was one in Get Back. What was it? We watched something. There was like some Beatles movie that. We oh, watched. that's the John Lennon documentary where a guy shows up at his house. Oh, people that's in. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, there was something else where they like let a guy in who mm-hmm. was like maybe having a moment. Yeah. Yeah. And they were just like very kind and gracious. Mm-hmm. Which like these days I'm like, what are you doing? Made him a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then there's, you know, like on um, Across the Universe, they wanted to have some female vocals. So they just went outside and grabbed two of the girls that were hanging out outside of Abbey Road, hoping to get a glimpse of them uh-huh. and said, hey, you want to come sing this part for us? And yep. yeah, it's awesome, <laughs> right? Yeah, yes, they do. Yeah, <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe that's part of. Maybe that's part of like the longevity of the the Beatles and why and part of the reason why they were so good is that they didn't lose their humanity to ego, despite the fact that they were the Beatles, you yeah. know, and so big, so big they couldn't even tour anymore. But mm. yeah, they'd still open the door and somebody come in and, oh we'll come in and have a cup of tea right a cuppa. <laughs> you know a, have a cup of tea with jesus christ <laughs> like because if, if music is about connection if you lose the ability to connect with people maybe that somehow means you, you lose the ability to make music at that level or something yeah that can i don't know i'm just hypothesizing but no but i think that's really interesting it's pretty when, remarkable when you consider like you know paul made such an effort uh to continue to kind of try to stay like the every man and like take the train and take the subway and be, you know, just walk around town and do his thing. Um, John moved to New York because he could walk around like a normal human and just kind of be a regular person. Um, You know, that I think definitely points to that idea of like keeping your humanity and trying to keep that in check in the face of, you know, the biggest potential egos in the world. Yeah. I think that's a good point. And didn't, I feel like I heard at some point, like, Paul kept his kids in, like, regular schools, like, didn't send them to, like, fancy I think so, yeah. schools or something like that. I, I don't, believe. I feel like I heard that on, like, the Beatles Sirius XM channel at one point. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, that's kind of cool. Like, mm-hmm. just keeping I'm it a little. Sure I understand. 
No. <laughs> well, My Apple Watch. That's fine, Siri. <laughs> I don't need that. you to understand. That's why we're talking it out on Ranking the Beatles. Right. <laughs> I think, you know, one of the things that's kind of interesting about this song, you know, and the Sgt. Pepper album, like we were talking about, has a lot of kind of like headier, you know, heavy lyrics, um, you know, intentionally psychedelic things going on. Um, And this is kind of like, it's weird because it fits in the way that like it feels like it's not overtly psychedelic but there's also something about it that it's like there's an intangible thing that i just can't put my finger on what it is but like it doesn't sound like anything else but it's still part of this whole yeah yeah it's sort of slippery in that way and maybe that's why it fits in because sergeant pepper seemed like you know the beginning of breaking any sort of maybe not the beginning but certainly a big step towards breaking any sort of molds about anything Mm -hmm. like and um Let's see where it goes. Lots of wandering yeah. and just going. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, at 125 out of 223 songs, do we think I've got this ranked too high or too low, or am I in the ballpark? What would you say? If you were doing this stupid thing that I do <laughs> and trying to put all these songs in an order, 223 as least favorite, number one is your most favorite, and we're at 125 with this song. Would that seem reasonable to you? So it's like right in the middle then. Yeah. 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 I think it's reasonable because I think, you know, I think it's a good song and I think, um, but they have so many really great songs that it'd be harder to have it higher up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think that they necessarily have a bad song. They're songs that I like, you know, less than right. <laughs> than others but they're 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 still Beatles songs you know what i mean yeah um but yeah i i would i think it's i think it's good okay. good placement okay julia i also feel good about it feel good about it i'm also looking forward to the malevin's tea yes <laughs> yes <laughs> like go on tell me more of the story did they pay him royalties i'm curious to know that too mm-hmm. i hope we find out mm-hmm. a friend of ours who's a beetle author um and has written multiple books and he's been on our show very nice guy named ken womack um is right he got a hold of the diaries of mal evans uh through his estate and has been authorized to compile them into a book which mal evans was going to do before he passed away uh, so he's been coming through them and preparing this book, which I think comes out later this year. Ooh. So it should be a very interesting read. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It makes, it makes you wonder, like, did that happen with other people? Are there other co-writers out there that yeah. are unknown? Or mm. I know, like, there's a, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a handful of songs where, you know, they would be writing something around a group of other people and, you know, someone like Donovan might throw in a suggestion that Paul puts into a song or something like that. Um, yeah. And I don't know that they ever actually cut them in on it, but, you know, I'll be curious to see. Maybe his bottom dinner. <laughs> it's a nice <laughs> dinner. <laughs> hey, Donovan, thanks for that. I'll buy you dinner. <laughs> a round of drinks for Donovan. Mm. Oh, man. Mm. Well, before we wrap up for the day, uh, do you have a few minutes for some rapid fire questions? Okay. <laughs> Don't be nervous. I'm, Easy a, little, stuff. I'm a little nervous. I'm Easy little, stuff. Oh, I do want to share. I do want to share before we do rapid fire that I did get to see Paul play live. Yeah. A few years back, he played out in California. It was a split show with um, Neil Young, where they each were playing. Ooh, and so, like the the Bridge School uh, benefit thing. It was. It wasn't a benefit, um, and it was at the place where Coachella happened. Oh, um, there was the uh, it's a, desert trip. Yes, and so they called Connie it and old I... cello. That was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. <laughs> yeah, so I fit right in. So, <laughs> Connie and I and some friends flew out there because you know we we're like, when are we ever going to have the chance to see um, a Beatle ever yeah. again? And and it was amazing. I mean, because you think about, I mean, he is he is an older man now, but mm-hmm. I mean the the energy and the joy. I mean, he just he was so effusive and he just radiated joy for over, I mean, he played like two and a half hours. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. So he really just want to share that. Pretty fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that, so one of the rapid-fire questions is, what is your favorite memory associated with a Beatle, the Beatles, a Beatles song, etc.? Would would that answer, would that Paul McCartney thing show be your, your answer to that? Yes, it'll have to be my answer because my mind went blank on <laughs> other things. <laughs> okay, I, know cool. I, have, I know I have other memories, but let's just go with the one that I remember. Perfect. <laughs> I, can, I can edit that together. It'll be seamless. Um, okay. Your favorite Beatles song? Mm. It's hard to say because I feel like it's really, it depends. Sometimes there's moments where you need to hear a song and sometimes you want to hear another song. Sure. But I will say there's, you know, a song that I feel like I have sung to myself so much over the years is um, Don't Let Me Down. And I don't mm. know if I'm getting the title right because I'm really yep. bad with titles, but I just... Yeah, it's so there's good. just something that I love about that, and you know, and there's so many different parts to that song too, and the the music and everything. But I also just really love the sentiment of, you know, come on, yeah, <laughs> don't let me down, right? Yeah. <laughs> Please, that's such a performance, like that song. Oh, like it's such a performance, like the voice. Oh, it just like cuts yes. to the core of you, like still to this yeah. day. Like I mean, we've probably all heard that song a million times and it's just like oh, when you when it comes on you turn it up loud and it's just like oh it cuts right to the just just right to the core of you it's so good mm-hmm. real strong yes real agreed strong. also solidarity with not remembering titles of songs <laughs> like i'm glad to know I mean, it's not just me yeah <laughs> yeah I, I can't even remember the titles of my own songs but, um, <laughs> on my last record we were you know cutting the song and i was like we're do- you know this song and and um, uh, Joshua was playing drums. He's like, that's not the name of the song. It's called this. And I was like, well, I'm calling it this. He's like, but it used to be this. I was like, well, I forgot. <laughs> no, it's this. It's <laughs> your song. You can call it whatever you want to. Yeah, right. He's like, I like the other title better. I was like, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> it's art. It's ready when, I'm say, when I say it's ready. Uh, Perfect. Do you have a least favorite Beatles song? Oh, you know, again, I'm not gonna remember the title. It's an, it, it yeah, because it's an earlier one, and they have this really off-tempo thing that's happening between the guitars and the the drums, and it's just sort of like it's an up an up strum on the guitars, and um, this is not helpful because I'm not remembering the name, <laughs> but something about the the off-tempo ness of the guitars and the drums just grates on my nerves. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what it could be. Um, Is it like Anna? No, it's not that fast. It's, um, why am I thinking like forget you? And it's not forget you. Sorry, I'm a terrible guest. You're fine. Okay, you're no, fine. you're fine. Everyone does this. They have 223 songs. It's like the dun 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 dun, but they have this upstrom. Anyways, <laughs> I'll try to figure That's that. That's the out. one. This is <laughs> that one. We're gonna I'll leave you with a, that puzzle. I'll leave you with that puzzle. <laughs> We're gonna throw a, a dollar in Venmo to whoever, whatever listener can guess that song. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. Thing going on with the melody. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what that is. Been a long time. Now I'm coming back. No, I don't think it's that. I don't know. I have to think about that. I'm gonna find it. It'll be too late for the podcast, but I'll let you know. You can always Sorry. like you can always re-record your answer on your iPhone and send it to me. I'll just, okay. I'll just crop okay. that audio right in there. This is the one. Isn't it irritating? Right. <laughs> oh boy, that one is irritating. I agree. <laughs> My least there favorite song is. Um, do you have a favorite Beatles album? I gotta say Abbey Road. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good answer. That's a good one. It's a yeah. good answer. Damn good album. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to, that's the one that I tend to play most frequently. Yeah. Dig it. Dig it. And who's your favorite Beatle? John. John. Yep. I still have a, um, 
a very good friend of mine in high school gave me a, a framed picture of him. It's it's not an actual picture. It's like art somebody made. You know, it's like a screen thing, mm -hmm. but it's art, and I I still have it up on the wall. Nice. Very yep. Nice. Yep. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, well, yeah, we what? don't have any Beatles art on our oh. wall. There's none of that. No, here. there's none of that here. None at all. No <laughs> Beatles art in this house whatsoever. Mm. I don't know what <laughs> you're speaking. Sar little sarcasm. Mm. Did you pick up on that? I don't know what you speak of, Julia. It's very subtle. <laughs> subtle sarcasm. There's, there's also not like 500 Beatles books. No, not at all. <laughs> so, so Better Days is out now. Where can everybody get it? Where can they check you out online? Where can, where can they follow along? What's next? What's happening? What do you want to share? To it on um you know spotify and apple music all the streaming services um if they want an actual cd like i like something tangible they can just write me over the facebooks yeah if you will and i'm happy to send them one um band you know i've got a band camp page where you can see you can listen to better days or buy it that way if you actually want me to earn a little money um and I've got my older records there too. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not a very good salesperson at all. So <laughs> that's, that's that's what I have for you. Next up for me is um, uh, you know playing you know jazz fest with Paul, and I've got some gigs further down the the road. But um, you know, I'm just sort of going along. Yeah. So I'm not. Yep. I'm about to um, I'm about to go back to bass and jam with a friend of mine next week. Nice. A little band. But sometimes, you know, sometimes I find that after I do a project that's sort of all been all about me, it's nice for me to not play my stuff. It, yeah. It just it like in the but just be in the band and play with somebody else because I just feel like it's just a lot of me and I get tired of it. Sure. So, <laughs> if that makes sense. That makes total <laughs> like, sense. You know, All right, me, that's funny. enough of me. All right, that's <laughs> enough of me. Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna pick up the bass again and go over here and and have some fun and let somebody else sing and be out front and just play. Nice, that'd be fun. Pretty cool. Well, everybody, be sure to check out Better Days wherever you get music to listen to, good quality music, <laughs> as opposed to as opposed to just music to stick on your hard drive and put on a shelf. Not listen to, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we're crushing it today, y'all. Killing it. Just really <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely the first show back of the season. Um, uh, 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 yeah, that's so long. That's that, so long. Yes. <laughs> on that album, uh, Beatles something. <laughs> well, Sonny, this has been super fun. Thank you so much for taking some time to chat Beatles with us and to chat about your record. It's always a pleasure to see you. Uh, you are the loveliest. Thanks, Jonathan. Yeah. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you, Julia. You're it's great to see you guys, too. So good to see you. You're welcome. Um, and we will do this again soon, hopefully in person. We'd love to see you next time you're in town. That sounds great. That Just sounds a great. a couple months. Yeah. Not even. Ooh, we should have everybody in the, yeah. we should have everybody in the band on for Jazz Fest. At, at one time? Yes. Uh, that's a lot of people. <laughs> that's a lot of people. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be brilliant. It'll be a seven-hour show. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, we will uh, catch up with you soon, okay? Okay. All Thanks, right. y'all. Thanks, Sonia. Bye-bye. Bye. Sonia Tetlow, everybody. So much fun. I love talking to her. She's great. She's the best. Yeah. Y'all, Better Days, I'm, I'm definitely biased because I love that record and i love playing on that record and making that record and everybody that we made the record with but it's really good so highly recommend you go check it out if you like good music um i think you'll love it anywho friends what do y'all think about fixing a hole at 125 am i too high am i too low or just like baby bears porridge are we just right yeah you're right <laughs> let us know what you think uh, wherever you follow us, wherever you interact on the social medias with us. Uh, if you're looking for those places, you can find us on Facebook at Ranking the Beatles. You can find us on Instagram at 
Ranking the Beatles. And you can find us on Twitter at Ranking Beatles. Indeed. Let us know what you think. Let a friend know what we're doing over here. We're back. The new season is here. We got new episodes coming out the wazoo for you guys. It's going to be the wazoo is full of episodes. Yikes. It's going to be fun. Um, Yeah. So tell a friend. Make sure you check out rankingthebeatles.com. All your good, all your swag is there if you want some swag. Leave us a, buy us a cup of coffee if you're into it and you want to throw a little shekel into the uh, tip jar. That'd be cool. All right, wrap it up. We got to go clean out our wazoo. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) All right, y'all. On that note, uh, what a joy. I don't know what that means. I I just wanted to say it. I don't either. (laughs) Oh, man. It's good to be back, y'all. We'll see y'all next week with a brand new episode. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Julia. This is Ranking the Beatles. Adios. Bye, y'all.